0: To the Ambitious Introvert podcast, created especially for introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs to help you build, grow, and scale a successful, sustainable business. I'm your host, Emma Louise Parks, business and mindset coach for ambitious introverts. After 17 years working as an air traffic controller, the ultimate fast-paced, high-stimulus, extrovert-friendly role, my mission now is to show introverts that they too can create big results and success because of who they are, not in spite of it. I focus on introvert-friendly business and marketing strategy to help you switch overwhelm for clarity, confidence, and clients. Hello and welcome to episode 155 of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast. I have just been doing some podcast admin here and going through the folder and I saw that we were to 155, which feels a little bit crazy. So um, if you have been here since the start, it's possibly how many times you've listened to me. And if you are newer to the show, you have 154 other episodes that you can go back on all types of valuable topics and binge on should you so desire. So happy Monday. I'm recording this just one week before release and we are in the middle of a heatwave here in the UK. So my window is open. You may hear the birds, which hopefully is a good thing. But if you do hear any noise, that is why I wanted to make the most of the fresh air because it is absolutely scorching here for September. So Last week's episode about decision fatigue clearly struck a nerve because it's only been, as I'm recording this, it's been out for less than 12 hours and I've already had three emails about it. So I'm very glad that so many of you found it relevant and I hope that you are back here now to find out the things I do in my business and my life to try to eliminate this decision fatigue that I talked about last week. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I suggest you go back and listen to that before you go any further in this, because I'm given a more rounded view of decision fatigue, what it is, why it happens, why as introverts we want to avoid it. So if you haven't already listened to that, I suggest you pop back and do, and then come back and join us here. But for those of you that already heard and you're like, Emma, just tell me, just tell me the things, we're going to dive right into them. Originally, it was going to be 10. And then just before I started recording, I went, ooh, so you get a bonus one. So we're going to talk about 11 things that I do in my business very intentionally, which helps me to avoid making too many of the same decisions over and over and over again and exhausting myself out. So this is for business. If you are someone listening who is an employee, you're in a career rather than a business, absolutely there will be... Some of these that are transferable over to your job and your role. Just try to get a little bit creative, maybe, with how that would work. But there will be absolutely things that you could move over into an employee type situation. So, number one, decision saver for my business, literally, probably the best thing I ever did for my consistency and also for my business is choosing set days for certain marketing activities. That in and of itself, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. And it changed everything for me. And the heads up I'm going to give you here is I didn't even overthink it. There might be a perfect day to send a newsletter. It might be that newsletter sent on Tuesday, opened at, you know, sent at 10 o'clock, get more opens or click throughs or whatever. I didn't care about any of that. Yes, if your business is thriving and growing and scaling and you have the team and the capacity to start making those micro changes to see you know, a real difference in metrics, go ahead. But if you're struggling with decision fatigue and you're like, I'm not even getting my marketing out, just choose a day and don't even worry about it. So some of the things I chose very early on was what day would the podcast go out? It would go out on a Monday. There was zero logical thinking behind that. It was just... Monday came to mind. So podcast goes out on a Monday. Originally, my newsletter went out on a Tuesday. And the reason for that is that I didn't have at that time, any of the marketing going out on a Tuesday. I used to market four days a week and Tuesday didn't have anything going out on socials. So it seemed like a good idea to send something on that day. It's since moved to a Friday, but at that point it just made sense. I just went Tuesday. And then with things like Instagram posts. Mondays and Wednesdays, I think, are the day that the Instagram, the podcast, sorry, gets posted onto Instagram, there are different days that it goes onto Facebook and into Facebook groups, the different day it goes onto LinkedIn, there's a different day it goes up by email. All of those things were just decided. And when I was in charge of all of that myself in the early days, it was really easy. It was just like, what day is it? Great. I share that there. Done. Since I've grown a team, again, really easy because I can just say, right, there you go. There's the content for the month. These are the days it gets shared. There are the links to the social profiles, to the email software, whatever. And it just happens. It means that it means two things. It means I don't waste time thinking, oh, should I put this post out? What day should I put it out? Oh, should I bother putting that one on LinkedIn? It just happens, just happens without me thinking. It also means that. It puts a little bit of pressure on me if I am behind with creating content, which does happen, she says, recording this one week before it's going out, that I know it's going out. I know it has to be done on a certain day. I can't say, I don't feel like recording the podcast this week. I'm just going to wait and I'll just release it on Tuesday instead. Because if I did that with everything in my business, I wouldn't have a business. I would just be doing things based on my energy and what I felt like week and Yes, we want absolutely some flexibility, but our business is a separate entity, which needs to run, which needs to be marketed, which needs to serve clients. It has to have these things in place. So, very long way of saying, probably the best thing I ever did for my business and my marketing was to set certain days for certain marketing activities, non-negotiable, and that just happens. The next thing I did was committing to a strategy for 90 days as a minimum. I was a real flip-flopper in the early days of my business. I was very easily distracted. I was spending a lot of time online. It was the start of the pandemic. People were selling things left, right, and center about, do this, do that. This is how you get six figures, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, ooh, shiny, and would see all these things and want to do them. And it was the commitment to a certain strategy for a minimum of 90 days that actually got me my first long-term clients and probably got me my got me into into consecutive 10k months consecutive five-figure months where i'd had the odd like bursts here and there but when i wasn't being consistent it wasn't coming in consistently and it was that committing to a strategy for 90 days because what that enabled me to do was stop thinking about the next thing and what should i change and what should i do and i've seen this a lot where people commit to something and they only see it through for two or three weeks and then they go it's not working it's not working and they They do something else, but they never gave it the chance to work. And the strategy that I used for that 90 days was very simple. It was posted on Instagram, posted in Facebook groups. And it took actually a little over 90 days to work. But by then I had the belief and I could see the traction it was gaining. And I was like, okay, I haven't signed a client, but I can see that this is working. I can see the benefits of it. So if you don't want to be deciding, what do I need to do this week or how should I do this? Choose your strategy, whether that's for your marketing or for the type of offers that you're talking about, and just commit to it for 90 days. And it takes away instantly. You don't even have to think about that side of it for a whole quarter. Then of course, go and reevaluate. How is it looking? How does it feel? Do you enjoy it? Is it working? Are people responding to it? And then you know, if no, that's a whole other conversation. But until we give something time, we don't know. And taking away that decision, those decisions about that was honestly, one of the best things that I have done. Number three, I decided that I would only work with one coach at a time. And when I work with a coach, I tend to go kind of all in and to the point of I'll even unsubscribe from other coaches, newsletters or, you know, and follow them on social media. Simply because we can get dragged in so many directions. It's not that what they're doing is wrong or it's bad. But if I'm working with a coach and that coach has this suggestion of a certain way to do things, like the point above, I need to commit to that and give it a go and see if it works for me. And it's no good me going, oh, well, that person over there does this. And oh, maybe I'll do it half. I'll kind of dip my toe, in, but I won't go fully in because I want to do what this other person said here. It's really, really exhausting. And I have been on the other side of this where clients work with multiple coaches and we can map out a strategy and they come back and they're like, oh, well, my other coach said to do it like this. And it just puts people in an impossible position because you don't need multiple inputs telling you what to do because that just makes your own decision making so much harder. So for me, it's working with one coach in a similar area at a time. Like, okay, if you're working with a marketing coach, could you work with a mindset coach? Absolutely. But if you're working with two coaches on business strategy, so you have a one-on-one coach and you're in a mastermind, just be very conscious of different information coming at you or be very intentional about, okay, coach A is what I go to this for and, and I trust for this and I use their advice for this. And coach B, it's more about you know X, Y, and Z because then you're in a position where you are empowered and you don't have to make the decision, which is what this is all about all about not making decisions. Number four, know your priority and stick to it. This is the one that I added in before recording. So if my priority in my business was audience growth and I got invited to be part of a summit, that is a hell yes, because I. it's going to grow my audience. So it's great. It's perfect. It's aligned. It doesn't require a decision. If my priority in my business is some time away, spaciousness, to be creative, spending as much time as possible away from the screen, which it has been in my summer. And someone wants to connect for a virtual coffee, that's going to be a no. That's an easy no, because it's going to take me away from my priority of being away from the screen, right? So when we know what our priority is, is it building a team? Is it Is it more revenue? Is it actually getting our back end sorted out in our business? Is the priority to be more visible? Is the priority to take more time off? When you know what your priority is, it's really easy when you get invited or asked to things to know if it's a yes or a no. I turned down a number of summits a few years ago because they had really tired me out. I'd done a lot in quick succession. I hadn't seen great results from them. I just made a decision that where I was at that time, it was a no. And some great people reached out and very kindly invited me to do it. But the priority was not that. I've also had to make decisions at certain times in my business where the priority was having more spacious mornings or making sure that I'm off tech at 6pm. So I might turn down certain Invitations or clients in certain time zones at those times because it goes against what my priority is. So, know what season you're in in business. Are you in a season of making sales? Are you in a season of growing your email list? Are you in a season of growing a community? Like, when you know what it is, it's very easy to instantly see if an opportunity or a task goes towards that or takes your energy away from it. And kind of tied in with that is making a quarterly plan. When you have a plan, it's so much easier to stick to funnily enough than when you don't. And it comes down to intentionality. It comes down to knowing where we're going, what the focus is, all of that. So when you know what your priority is, you can make a quarterly plan around that. Like what's going to be happening in these two weeks? What's going to be happening in the following two weeks? If you break it down, what do you want to have achieved by the end of that month? If you have a launch, say, in three months' time, when do you need to start talking about certain things? When do you need to start promoting it? So once that is planned and set, you don't have to make any decisions. All you do is simply open up a document that tells you exactly what needs to be posted on which day. And that is where a lot of people's energy gets drained. And I have done this numerous times as well. When it comes to the day and you're like, oh my God, i got to write something. I don't know what to write. I need to send something. I don't feel inspired what should I do? What should I start, or oh, what should I talk about All of those? Can you see how many decisions I just just said in like ten seconds it's so bad for us. So when we have that plan and things are already mapped out, we're so much more likely to just open it up and say, oh, today I post a post about this. Okay, great. Those of you that are more creative might be thinking, oh, well, I like to do when I feel really inspired or, you know, all of this. In that case, I would say have a bank of content so that if you really only want to write when you're inspired, that you have content there that, that you can pull from. But This is the thing with being introverts. We have to work with our energy, not against it, but we still have to be consistent in our business. Okay, so number six. In a similar vein, it's mapping out your week. Some people like to do this on a Sunday night. Some people like to do it Monday morning. Some people, it's, you know, rinse and repeat because their schedule is very similar But what does your week look like? Map it out. When are you going to be on calls? When are you going to make time to do your marketing? When are you going to make time to do your mindset work? When are you going to switch off? When are you going to be, you know, completely taking time off? All of these things. If they're decided in advance, that's so much easier to stick to. Again, because it's there, it's a schedule, you can see it and you know when things are happening and it takes away this, what should I do now? Or, oh, I need to do this when should I do it? Do I feel like now? Or what about here? And what about here? And that's really when things don't happen in my, in my experience anyway. So mapping out the week again, just takes away so many decisions because it's done, it's mapped out. It's like you've created yourself a rota or a schedule and you can just consult it and say, what am I doing this morning? What am I doing this afternoon? And we know that everything gets done. Next is a little bit of what I dived into earlier on having a yes and no list and I've talked about this on the podcast before when you know that certain things are a yes and certain things are a no it makes it so much easier so as I said there was a time when I said no to summits summits were just a no I had some lovely people reach out about some really aligned summits but at that point in my business summits were a no so it was an easy decision it's like, thank you for thinking of me, but I'm sorry I'm not participating at the moment. An easy yes at, a very, you know, at various times in my business has been podcast interviews. I love being interviewed for podcasts, I really enjoy the connection, really enjoy talking about what I do. So for the most, if someone invites me on a podcast, that's a pretty easy yes. So know what these things are. Know that there are things that are ju- that should Maybe 99% of the time will be a yes because they align with your energy. They're good. You don't need to think about it too much. Something like that might be if someone said to me, Do you want to do an IG live? I'd be like, Yes, great. Happy doing an IG live. If someone said, Oh, do you want to come and do this like video podcast and it's going to be two hours long and it's in the evening? Like, I might be like, No, I don't work in the evening. So having that yes and no of what you will pretty much likely Know that you will agree to, and the things that are just like, no, they're just a hard no. They don't even get any consideration. That cuts down the amount of decisions that you've got to make so much. Okay, next is one that I have been chatting to a client with recently, actually, and that is if you are using content engagement as a visibility strategy. So if you are using LinkedIn, say you're making meaningful connections on LinkedIn, and then you're commenting on people's posts, which the algorithm loves on LinkedIn. Other people get to see you, you get to, you know, start a conversation with the person who posted it, all of that good stuff. Works really well in Facebook groups as well, works a little less well on Instagram, just because generally, unless someone clicks on that post and then reads all the comments, they're not they're not gonna see it. Just the person that, you know, whose post it is. But you know, LinkedIn, Facebook is a really great engagement strategy that a lot of people use. If you use this, decide in advance whose content you will engage on and how often you will do it. When I was chatting to a client of mine, she's like, you know, I don't mind doing it. I know I've got to do it. I know it's really good for my business, but I'm like, oh, I've got to think up a meaningful comment. And then like, oh, whose post should I look for? Who should I look at? Which post should I comment on? What should I say? All of this. Yeah, you're still going to have to decide what to say. But if you have a group of, say, 10 accounts that you know you always comment on, and you just go straight to those accounts. You don't have to scroll. You don't have to find something. It's taken that away. Just like, oh, I always comment on Esmeralda's account. So you just hop on, you look for Esmeralda, you go to her latest post and see what it you know inspires in you and you leave a comment. That is much easier than having like a whole feed and going, oh, now I've got to find something that I want to respond to. So decide in advance. Who are you going to engage with? How often are you going to do it? Which days of the week? All of these things. Knowing that and treating that as, like I've said before, as a marketing task in your business versus, oh, do I feel like doing it? That will make a big difference because you've just cut out so many decisions and you basically cut down from like the whole of LinkedIn to these 10 people that you know you always comment on. Makes it much faster, much more efficient, much better for our energy. Number nine. If content creation is an issue for you, and by that I mean you maybe lack inspiration, you judge yourself quite harshly when you're writing things, or you just find that it's the thing that slips by the wayside in your business, then don't feel bad about using templates or prompts. Because staring at a blank Google Doc is really not going to help you get things out there and get in front of your audience. So, A lot of people say, oh, templates sound too wooden, they're cheating or, you know, oh, I'm just waiting to be inspired is like one we hear a lot. But honestly, it's got really a case of done is better than perfect in this case. So if you don't want to be making too many decisions, if you don't want to be thinking, "Okay, what shall I write about? How shall I start it? What call to action should I put at the end? All of these things. Use templates or prompts. There is absolutely nothing wrong with doing that because it's better to get content out than using your precious energy in making all of these decisions and then maybe not even writing something in the end. Number 10, limit decisions about things like software, tech, to three. Now, this one always kills me because I remember being very new to online business and looking for the best email software provider. And of course, when you're looking for the best on Google, everyone thinks they're the best. So there are many, many blogs saying why they're the best. And then many people that use certain software, they also think this software is the best because if you buy it through their link, they get a payment, which is great. So, Best email software provider 2019, or something like that, actually brought up a blog post for me that said the 39 best email service providers. Now, I immediately felt overwhelmed. I did not even open that blog because do I want to read through 39 different types of software and the pros and cons and make a decision? No, because I'd be out of action for two days. I would be so overstimulated by information. Now, realistically, does it matter? No, it really doesn't, especially not when you're newer to business. Like it's much better to make a decision from a small pool and just make the decision and go with it. For that reason, in the Ambitious Introvert Academy, which is my program for brand new entrepreneurs who are starting up their business from scratch, I mention three email service providers and I give a brief overview of the pros and cons of each and I say don't overthink it just choose one of them and get going because people lose weeks and weeks because they say well I haven't done anything because I can't decide which one to use and you'll see this not I'm using email as an example but you'll see this with people with websites or with all kinds of things it's our brain likes to say, oh, got to make a decision here. So I'm just going to stay stuck for a little while because it's very safe for us to stay stuck where we are. If the more you limit it down, the more you cut it down and you make that decision from a small pool, it will be more likely that you take action sooner rather than later, which is exactly what we want in business. So that is something that I do. I limit it down to three. If I'm giving clients recommendations for something, if I'm looking at something myself, it's very rare. I will go, past three, because I know that there will be something in that that meets 85% of my needs and it will be absolutely good enough for what I need it to do. And then number 11, should have been 10, but is now 11. Controversial one, but again, I think we have to look at the macro picture of our business versus getting really stuck in all this like minutiae that can really take our bandwidth and our energy. So keep things the same and don't stress about them being perfect. My examples of this are subject line in email. They will say, do not use the same subject line in your emails. You have to change it because otherwise people won't open. I had the same subject line for, I think, two and a half years and I had a 40% open rate because people knew that my weekly email was coming. The subject line said something like your introvert friendly weekly roundup. It did what it said on the tin. So, yes, people will tell you, make it interesting, mix it up, put emojis in, do all these things in the subject line. That's great if you have the capacity for that and it's not going to cause you to leak time and energy in doing it. But if it is going to cause you to leak time and energy, just keep it the same. Just keep it the same and don't stress about it being perfect because, as always, done is better than perfect. Another example of this could be hashtags Hashtags are something that people can spend an inordinate amount of time researching and trying to get right and getting the mix of like the niche ones and the medium ones and then the really popular ones and changing it for every post. And okay, great. Again, if you are a huge Instagram account, if you are tens and tens of thousands of followers, that kind of thing could be a really great time investment. And you would probably get an expert doing it because... If you can see an increase in reach by like 1% or 2% per post, that's going to be really significant to you. If you're new to business, if you're not aggressively going for big social media strategy, choose the same hashtags. It's not a big deal. So I think I've seen it a lot where people do get so caught up in these weeds, I'm going to say, with, oh, like let me spend half an hour finding the perfect trend in audio or finding the hashtags that are like perfect for this post, it's often not a good return on investment. Because if you're spending even half an hour twice a week doing that, you're spending four hours a month on that, which at most stages of business, is probably not the best use of time, unless you're a social media manager, of course. But if it's for your own business and I would invite you to say, like, where else is a better use of my time? Where can I stop making these decisions and wasting energy on it? And where can I put my time and energy instead? So that was a very quick rundown, and I will recap them for you. Number one, set days for certain marketing activities so you don't have to decide when they happen because you've already decided. Number two, commit into a strategy for a minimum of 90 days. So you don't have to decide whether you should change it or not, because you don't change it until 90 days is up. Number three, only working with one coach at a time in a similar arena. Or if you do work with more, know what each coach is for and know where you get your advice from for certain things. Number four, know what your priority is and stick to it. Only say yes to things that get you closer to your priority. And number five, within that, make quarterly plan. When you have the plan, you know what you're trying to achieve in that quarter and it's broken down. Whether it's into weeks, two weeks, months, much easier to stick to. Number six, map out your week. Decide when you're having time off. Decide when you're doing certain activities. You might want to do this on a Sunday. You might do it first thing Monday morning. You might have a completely different week or you might do the same things at the same times every week. But having that schedule is going to save so many decisions for you about how to spend your time during the week. Next is having a yes or no list for invites that come into you. So whether it's, do you want to do a summit? Do you want to be a guest on a podcast? Do you want to join this bundle? Do you want to do a guest blog? Like it's really easy when we have a yes or no list and we know which things drain us, which things energize us which things work really well in our business or which things actually don't give us results. When we have that, there's far less decision making going on because just easy to say like, thank you, but no, or yeah, I'd love to. Then if you are someone engaging on social media, decide whose content you'll engage on and decide how often. Cut down that huge decision fatigue of, I'm just going to go onto the platform and scroll till something catches my eye which is exhausting in itself, just know to go straight to those accounts and make those connections. Next, if content creation is an issue, it's okay to use templates or prompts. It's much better than staring at a blank Google Doc and it will mean that you write something and post something versus nothing, then it is well, well worth it. Number 10, limit decisions about things like tech, software, providers to three. Just Look for the top three and make a decision from there. Do not read the whole 39 because you'll feel like you can never make the right decision, which I think is key here. We so often think, oh, I need to get it perfect. I need to get the right one. Whereas often there'll be numerous options that will serve us really, really well. It's just a case of making that choice and moving forwards. And then lastly, number 11, don't feel like you have to change everything and stress about it being Unique and bespoke and personalized every time things like hashtags, things like newsletters, because the most important thing is that you are consistent and that they're out there. And for the most, as I explained, it's not going to make a huge amount of difference. The time and energy and bandwidth that you use on researching hashtags or trending audio or coming up with a really great subject line at most most stages of business are not going to be worth it. So really consider where you have been making a lot of decisions about those small things that actually on big needle moving tasks in your business. That was a lot. I'm sure there are more, but that's what I brain dumped. And I know that all of those things have had a massive, massive effect on me. I am someone that gets hugely overstimulated by information. I get hugely overwhelmed. And the more options I get, the harder I find it to choose, which is also a psychological phenomenon that they've done more and more research about. So I know that if I can cut my decision-making down, that's going to make me more efficient. It's going to preserve my energy and it's going to mean that I am better when I'm doing the things that are important in my business, like recording this podcast, coaching clients, all of that good stuff. So I really hope that this episode has given you some food for thought and some ways that you can implement this into your own business. If so, I would love to hear from you. Please let me know. You can pop me a DM on Instagram at parks or pop me an email, hello at emmalouparks.com. Now, before we wrap up, I just want to remind you that Quiet Power The Mini Mind is open for enrolment and we start on September the 26th. I have never launched anything like this before for a number of reasons. Three, actually. Firstly, it's an eight-week programme. I've never run such a short programme. I am someone that loves depth, I love to get really involved with clients. However, I've also seen from all of my private clients and clients I've had in group programs before, the same things come up over and over and over again. And what I wanted to create was a program that equips them with the tools so that they can take them away after eight weeks and go and use them themselves. So think like self-coaching, but we do it in a mini mind container where you get weekly calls with me, you get hot seat coaching, you get the support and you get the support of the other members of the mini mind as well. Secondly, I have never done anything like this because it does not involve business strategy. This is pure and simple, self-mastery, mindset and energetics. It is all of the things that we need to be working on alongside our business to make us the best business owner we can be, to keep our energy and our bandwidth in the best place it can be, and to really be able to master ourselves and to cultivate those skills that we need as CEOs, like resilience and confidence. And so Quiet Power, the Mini Mind has no business strategy in whatsoever. This is literally about you taking the tools that I'm going to share, working through them together for eight weeks And then knowing that you have the toolkit, the skill set to be able to use those over and over and over again in any situation that comes up for you in your business and in your life. And the third reason it's different from anything that I've done before is the investment. I wanted to make this a no-brainer investment. It's $950 for eight weeks of coaching with me, which compared to my one-on-one, compared to the price of the Power Mastermind is significantly lower. Yes, there's no business support in there, but as I said, that's not what it's designed for. So I wanted to make sure that this was a price point that was more accessible wherever you are in business, because maybe you're in the really, really early days and you can feel those mindset wobbles and you can feel your energy go in and Everything I've talked about in this episode about, you know, feeling depleted and the bandwidth going and you're stuck in all this overwhelm, it's going to help with all of those things. Or if you're already established and you're well on your way to multi-six figures, this is still going to help you because you are a human. And every client that I've worked with at whatever level in business needs this toolkit to be able to come back to, and they need the practices that are just their go-to so that they coach themselves around things, so that they can have the self-awareness to see what's really going on under their thoughts and make the changes so that they can take action. So if you like the idea of joining us in Quiet Power the Mini Mind, as I say, we start on September the 26th. I will pop the link in the show notes. I would love to have you in there and be able to share all of this all of this wisdom with you I'm going to say that I've gained on a 20year personal development journey now and that I've shared with literally scores of one-on-one private clients over the years so I would love to see you in there if that feels like something that would be a good fit for you and your personal and business growth in the future so I will bid you farewell I will see you next week where I'm going to be sharing my decision savers for life so yep we covered business this week next week I want to talk about all of the things I do outside of business so I'm not making decisions all of the time in life which lead to things like not knowing what I'm going to eat in an empty fridge which I have been guilty of numerous times so please tune in next week I'll be sharing that and for now have a wonderful wonderful week Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast with me, Emma-Louise Parks. If you enjoy this show, please, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. As a thank you, one lucky reviewer each month will win a 60-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, where you'll get the clarity and confidence to attract your ideal clients. And if you know someone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share and help me reach as many fellow ambitious introverts as possible.